Hi, this is Linda. And this is Leslie. With Less Talk. Today we are here with Michael Wahomey. Hi, Michael. So nice to meet you. And Michael is going to talk to us about how does health impact our relationships? Yes. Tell us more, Michael. We are all ears. <laughs> okay, ladies. Um, well, I have a, a pretty long journey uh, around my health. And it really started with my grandfather. And uh, when I was young, I lived with him for, I forget how many years, it seemed like a long time, but it was probably just a year or two. And during that time, we forged a fairly close relationship. Um, so fast forward to, I was reunited with my mom and dad, and my father was in the military. And um, I noticed that I was playing sports and working out, but he was physically deteriorating. And it surprised me because my understanding was, if you are in the military, you should be in good shape 24-7 because you should be ready to go at a moment's notice. Now, it just continued through you know, high school, through college, and uh, it turned out that he developed diabetes, he, de he developed hypertension, and at the age of 52, which is younger than I am now, he suffered a moderate stroke. He recovered, but it left him with you know, one side being weak as a lot of people who have strokes uh, tend to go through. Now that by itself wasn't significant. It's just that his father, my grandfather, lived to be into his 90s, early 90s. And throughout his life, he was active, he was a farmer. And even when he, you know, completely retired, he would still go for five mile walks almost every day. And finally, what killed him was his kidneys shut down. But I think at the age of 90, you know, you're, you're sort of, you know, you're allowed to have a pretty catastrophic health issue, okay? Um, so from that sort of, you know, having these two people in my life, these, these two men in my life, um, I realized that, you know, that there was something, there was something there that caused my granddad to live to be a ripe old age, no health issues, and then my, for my father to develop diabetes, hypertension, and eventually have a stroke. Um, as a result of my activities, uh, working out, running, you know, we used to play rugby um, back in the day, it's a game called rugby. I developed chronic pain in my knees, right? Uh, in my mid twenties, late twenties, early thirties. And my knees became so painful that I could not work out. I couldn't go to the gym and do squats or leg press. Um, running up and down stairs became painful. And I went to the orthopedist and he told me that I had a genetic condition called uh, chondromalacia patella. I'd never heard of it. And as far as I knew, no one else had it. But, you know, sometimes when people have illnesses, they just assume it's, you know, age, it's sports related, etc. However, the pain sent me on a path. And this path was to find a way to deal with it. Okay. Um, and I'm one of those people who doesn't like prescriptions. I don't like medicine. You know, I'll take Tylenol every now and then, but I usually will avoid anything that comes in a bottle um, as far as a prescription. But at that time, there was new research coming out about how to handle chronic arthritis, because that's what I thought I had. Um, and there were things called um, 
chondroitin and glucosamine, which are supposed to help rebuild the joint cartilage. And so I started taking those because they were not prescriptions. You could buy them at you know any health food store. Um, and it reduced the pain to a certain extent. And then, you know, as time went on, I kept doing the research and it turned out that a lot of us, because of the food we eat and the lifestyles that we live and the stresses we're exposed to, we develop inflammation in our entire bodies and this becomes chronic. Okay. And for me, it happened to show up as pain in my knees. For other people, it may be outbreaks on your skin, it may be your hair falling out. You know, there's just so many ways in which this pain shows up or the inflammation shows up, but it can even um, show up as, you know, changes in your eyesight, you know, uh, because of inflammation or due to nutritional uh, deficiencies or nutritional issues. And so I thought, oh, so if it's inflammation, well, let me try some things. Again, staying away from prescriptives, I started, you know, I went more, you know, more heavy vegetarian, um, I reduced, you know, my eating of red meat. Um, I started eating things like, you know, celery and uh, blueberries and, you know, all the things that have antioxidants and anti-inflammatories in, the, in them. And the most interesting thing is that my pain decreased and decreased and decreased to the point that today, this year, um, or last year I turned 58, I have no pain in my knees. So, you know, the trajectory that we're supposed to take is as we get older, we have more problems with our bodies. And now I go to the gym. Now I work out. Now I do squats. Uh, this morning, I just did a five and a half mile hike in the hills up here. No problems. You see? So um, I know that this thing works for me personally. Uh, the challenge, of course, is how do I communicate that with my wife, the children, um, and the other folks around me who have issues, you know, everybody I know, even a good friend of mine had a, 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 a heart scare a couple of years ago. I had been telling him, hey, cut back on meat, cut back on this. Now, one day I went to his house and, house and he's got, you know, kale smoothies and this and that. And I said, hey, what happened? He said, oh, the doctor gave me some bad news. I said, okay, that's what it takes. So obviously the, the people I care the most about are my children. And um, one of the challenges was, you know, um, they don't like my cooking, okay? <laughs> they said, dad, you know, thanks for cooking, but mom's food tastes way better, right? And this is good. I mean, I'm happy because that way I don't have to cook. But the problem, and this was probably maybe even 10, 11 years ago, was that I couldn't convince my wife to make the dietary changes that would turn whatever she was cooking for the children, which is really tasty, into a more nutritious, lower inflammation diet, which would also be tasty. And um, we went for a period of time with me trying to say to her, hey, you know, and this is where the relationship comes in where, you know, we're raising the children and we're both committed to the children, but we have two different perspectives on something as important as what goes into their mouths, right? And um, I couldn't win that battle, you know, and, you know, there's sometimes she would cook and I wouldn't eat what she cooked. I'd cook my own food because, you know, it was loaded with, you know, too much meat or, you know, the wrong kind of oil or just, I, I looked at it and I knew this is inflammation, you know, and on a plate. Um, luckily for me, um, you know, the organization she works for, um, they, as part of the health insurance plan, uh, asked her to do a physical. It's like, hey, you know, um, you're on this plan, you got to get an annual physical. And they ran up some, some blood work. 
And one day she came home, opened up the refrigerator and just started throwing stuff out like throwing stuff out, you know? And I kind of looked at her and I thought, oh, what happened? And she wouldn't tell me, but she threw out all the meat, all the red meat, um, all the cheeses, all the, you know, all that stuff. I can't even tell you the stuff that was in that refrigerator. And I looked at her and I said, something happened. And if you don't want to tell me, that's okay, but something has happened. Because from that day on, we started getting nothing but organic. We dropped our protein, our, our animal fat, you know, and if we ate any meat, it was probably fish, which isn't technically meat. Or if it was beef, it was organic, it was sourced, it was grass fed as opposed to soy fed, because all those things affect your body if you eat the wrong food, okay? In addition to that, um, she became a lot more physically active, a lot more physically active. And it was very interesting because um, the children didn't really notice any change because the food still tasted good. And you know, children are programmed, they come home from school, they eat what mom puts in front of them and they go do their homework, you know, and go watch cartoons or whatever. And so um, what ended up happening was um, we then began to see eye to eye in the kitchen, you know? Um, and I told her, I'm so glad you finally stopped poisoning my children, right? I couldn't have said that before, but that's how I felt. I felt she was poisoning my children because what people don't understand is that the food that a child grows up eating mm -hmm. is what they will continue to eat, mm -hmm. right? And that's why we have so many health problems these days because what has happened is people grew up eating, you know, I don't know, grandma's cooking yeah. and it tasted fantastic, right? But that stuff is what's causing hypertension and diabetes and you know um uh, the whole you know uh, metabolic syndrome where you're overweight and your hormones are out of whack um and it just goes on and on right and so that was my other concern my other concern was they would grow up eating this stuff anyway um so so she changed that and then uh, two things happened within 30 days she had been instructed okay go make these changes to your diet and let's run your blood work, your blood work again after 30 days. Mm. Do you know that her numbers improved like dramatically? You know, I never knew what they were, you know, HIPAA, et cetera, but she never told, but I know that they improved dramatically because she told me her doctor told her, hey, you've done a really good job. Well, so, so that's her, okay? Which then directly impacts my children. Now, fortunately, my kids were fairly athletic, you know, my son especially. Um, he's the one I was most concerned about uh, as far as just eating bad, you know, getting, uh, developing uh, bad eating habits. So uh, the other thing I encouraged him to do was he, was a, he liked cross country. So I encouraged him to continue in cross country. And then um, I would suggest to him, hey, you know, the night before you have a, a, an important run, just eat a salad. Okay, eat a salad with beets and things like that. Like, dad, you know, he's a teenager. Dad, I don't want to eat this. I said, just try it. Okay. And I said, hey, babe, could you make him this salad? Because she would make it look pretty and tasty and et cetera. And he came back so many times and he said, you know what? When I eat the salad the night before, I run much faster and it's easier, right? And there's a scientific basis behind that because if you eat a fatty meal, you know, the night before um, uh, anything, the, the, the next day, your blood, your, your, your arteries and your capillaries have lost their elasticity, right? So your heart has to work harder to pump blood through your body because your, um, your blood vessels are supposed to be elastic, 
and it's supposed to be, you know, nice and flexible, you see? Um, so all these things, so, so he's a believer. You know, my daughter was never, um, she didn't resist a lot. She wants to go to medical school. So she's already very health conscious. So that's, my, that's now my wife and my children. Then my mother-in-law started to develop issues, right? Well, guess who was her consultant? Now my wife, the former resistor, was now telling her mother, hey, get off the cheese, lay off the wine, start exercising. And my mother-in-law today um, is very healthy for a woman her age, wow. you see? And so this thing has sort of, um, uh, it started off where there was, you know, uh, you know I, I'm sort of downplaying it now, but I was very upset, you know, because she was, she was feeding my kids this food that I knew was bad. Um, but, you know, once that happened, now we're, you know, when I say, hey, you know, let's go for a hike, let's, you know, do this, do that, there's value in eating well, and then feeling your body doing well, right? The other uh, factor, of course, is just rest, you know, if you are not eating properly, you can't sleep properly, right? If you're eating the wrong kind of food, the wrong time of the day, and so if you don't sleep just lack of sleep, that raises your cortisol, which is an inflammation hormone, right? And so the other thing was, okay, regular bedtime, okay? For my children, it was easy. I told them 8 p.m., your pillow, at least when they were younger, your head needs to be on your pillow at 8 o'clock. I don't care whether you're sleepy, not sleepy. I want your head on your pillow. And, you know, most children, once they go to bed, they fall asleep. Of course, now they're in college. <laughs> you know, that's, that's something I have no control over. Uh, and the same thing for, 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 for my wife, I would say, look, you're constantly complaining about being tired in the morning. First of all, you're not eating right. But the other thing is you need to go to sleep at a consistent time, right? And then wake up at a consistent time. And over now we're, we're, we're good. For me, I'm usually in bed around 9.30 and I'm usually awake around 4 a.m. That's just my cycle. But when I wake up, I don't use an alarm clock. I am completely clear. My mind is clear, I'm ready to go. So if you had scheduled this for 4 a.m., I'd be good, you see? <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead of the time we scheduled it for. Um, so I just mentioned um, my friend who lives in South Africa. Um, he has been an athlete for, we used to, you know, we went to high school, actually we went to elementary school together. And um, he had those issues. And as a runner, I knew very well that the diet he was eating was not good. Um, one of the things I said to him, I said, look, you know, remember when we were in high school, I told you I would never get a pot, I would never get a big stomach. Remember those days? Because both our fathers had big stomachs, right? <laughs> and, and he said, yeah, I said, now you have a big stomach like your father did. I don't. Okay. So clearly there's something that we're doing that's different because when I was in high school, all through college, I wore uh, my waist size, my pant size was 31. Now at this age, my waist size is 32. So in, you know, almost 40 years, I've only gained an inch. Wow. It's pretty good, huh? Mike, so, I have to interrupt you because you need to give us one tip. Uh-huh. And I'm just going to speak to me. Linda's probably more active. But <laughs> one thing that you can say to, to someone starting who wants to start this journey, what's the mm -hmm. first thing they should do? Um, go through your pantry. And if you have, like most of us do, spices, right, to flavor your food. And most of the spices are shop bought. They're not, you don't grind them. And, you know, very few people grind their own spices, right? Um, look at the sodium content. 
Okay. Look at the sodium content. Um, and usually they have too much salt, but you can buy spices that are completely salt-free. Okay. Organic is better. So I, I, I'll tell you another unrelated story, but it answers your question. Um, there's a, 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 when I was working up in the, uh, in the Bay Area, there's a lady I met. Um, she was a customer and she was having health issues. And she was like, well, you know, because I needed to set up an appointment. She said, well, this day I got a doctor's appointment and this and that. I'm nosy. So, oh, you know, are you all right? She says, no, I've got this crazy high blood pressure. Right. And I was in her house. And I said, oh, really? And she, I think she was probably in her early 40s. I mean, you know, and so I said, well, you shouldn't have that high blood, that much high blood pressure. And she wasn't, she was, you know, overweight, but she wasn't obese. And I said, you know, um, when is your appointment? She said, oh, it's in two weeks. I said, let's, would you be willing to try something? You know, would you be willing to let me look through your pantry and see what's in there? And she's why I said, I'm a bit of a health nut. Um, there might be something in there that's giving you high blood pressure. And sure enough, it was sodium, every spice, you know, she's African-American lady. She liked, she loved to cook and all her spices had salt. So I said, look, step number one, throw all this out. She was willing to do it. So threw it out, <clears throat> went to the local, some local store over there. They had completely uh, salt-free spices. We replaced the entire thing. Mm -hmm. And I said, just let me know what happens. Two weeks later, when she went, to get her uh, doctor's appointment, get her prescription for her high blood pressure. They measured her, her blood pressure and it was back to normal. And they said, you don't need any medication. One thing, okay, one thing. Now, you know, one of the biggest dangers of high blood pressure is kidney failure. It leads to kidney failure, right? Chronic hypertension will lead to kidney failure. And so this is another real problem that people don't understand. But the two weeks, just think about it. Okay, that's, so that's the first thing. Throw out your whatever's in your pantry. Mm -hmm. Stop buying meat. You can live without meat. You can live without meat. Eat meat once a month. If anything, eat, you know, uh, wild caught salmon, you know, things like that. Don't buy farm raised fish because they have toxins. Um, the other thing is, um, you know, depending on, you know, where you are and things like that. Obviously out here in Southern California, we're spoiled because we can, we're good going outdoors all year round, mm -hmm. but it would be good to get 30 minutes of exercise a day, right? And that can be as simple as put on the appropriate attire for the weather, mm -hmm. take a 15 minute walk away from your house with a timer. When you get to 15 minutes, turn around and come back home. Okay. That's it and walk as, you know, as briskly as you can, you know, obviously the right shoes and things like that. That simple thing within a very short time will have you feeling better. But ideally you should know, well, you know, how am I doing now so that you can then measure, yeah. I don't know, 30 days later, like, you know, what's your blood pressure like? What's your blood work like? What are your cholesterol numbers? You know, most people say, hey, you should know your credit score. You know, you should know the amount of money in your bank account. You should know these things, but do you know what your numbers are? Yeah. Do you know if you're vitamin deficient? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. People who have this skin tone are chronically vitamin D deficient. Chronically. Why? One, we spend time indoors. Two, we live in the Northern Hemisphere. That's true. So we never get enough sun. We are designed to, you know, we were made in another continent. Yeah. You know, we're the sun all the time. And yeah. so we have to take supplements. Why? Because if you're, if you're vitamin D deficient, it suppresses your immune system. 
And if your immune system is suppressed, the biggest danger is that your cancer can grow. It grow, you know, that's why black men have the highest incidence of prostate cancer, right? Why? Because their immune system isn't fighting the cancer cells. You see, so there's so many ramifications. It just, it's, it's mind boggling. So that's the one thing, you know, dump too much sodium, throw that out. And then you can add salt to taste, you know, either at, on the, at the table or, you know, as you're cooking, you know, because everybody has um, uh, different flavors. Um, so I, I think that um, from just again, from my personal experience, I like to be in decent shape. Um, it's important, you know, uh, to have the ability, especially when the kids were younger, to keep up with them. Yeah. Right. Um, and also to be there. You know, I don't want to be the, you know, the guy who kicks the bucket because of health reasons, avoidable ones. When my son's 22, when the day he was born, I made him a promise. I said, I'll be there for sure until you graduate college. You know, after that, I may take a trip around the world, but I'm going to be there, you know. <laughs> um, and he's a he's a he's a sophomore this year. And, you know, we we're good, you know. Um, so so that so so these are the sort of things that uh, people need to hear. Yeah. Um, a lot of times we go to the doctor, we get prescriptions and those prescriptions have other problems. Right. Uh, my brother in law suffers from from gout. Mm. And I said, dude, too much wine, too much seafood. I mean, you know, shellfish and shrimp and all that is fantastic. It tastes good, but it's, it's really high in cholesterol and the, the metabolic products, you know, um, cause um, the uric acid crystals. And sometimes, and he's a chef, so he had to work on his feet and he's tasting all this food. I said, you don't have to taste it. Not like that, you know, cut back on the wine. And I told him for years and years, I, I you know, and finally he said, Mike, you know, you were right all along. I'm like, okay. <laughs> You know, I don't need you to tell me I was right. I knew I was right because everything I'm talking about is based in science. What it's about water, Michael? I know a lot of people talk about water. Can you talk about that, the water intake? Um, yes. Yeah. So, you know, they say drink eight glasses of water a day. Um, I don't know where the number eight came from. I would say... Okay, and you know, I don't know if you can put this on the podcast, but just look at the color of your pee when you pee, right? If it isn't clear, you don't have enough water in your body. Yeah. You know, because that's how, you know, the purpose of urine is to remove toxins, right? So if you're not removing toxins, it's just like your kitchen, it's dirty, the trash is overflowing, you know? you. So that's why you should drink water. And people will be like, yeah, well, I drink all this juice. I'm like, well, yeah, but the juice has sugar. Mm -hmm. I drink soda. Yeah, but the soda has sugar. I drink hot chocolate. The hot chocolate has sugar. <laughs> okay. So, so the, the point is, why not start the day with a glass of water? And if it's too cold, drink it warm. You can warm it, right? Warm your water. And make sure you know where your water's coming from. You know, does it have crap in it? Well, then that's not helping, right? Mm -hmm. You know, drink bottled distilled water. Even some people I know drink distilled water. You can buy distilled water. Mm -hmm. And that way, and say, so, oh, it doesn't have the minerals. I'm like, okay, well, it's a trade-off. You know, you can get your minerals from green leafy vegetables, from root crops like carrots and sweet potato and yams. But if you eat spinach, if you eat kale, if you eat chard, 
you know, you eat cabbage, you know, um, there's so many ways to, and, and you know, so, so this is a really interesting story. Um, every five years, what do you do? You go to your department of motor vehicles and you get to a new picture, right? Or I have a, these days, I forget where it's five or 10 years. So when my wife made all these changes, right? And the, when it was time to renew her driver's license, well, you know, a static picture really shows you that difference, right? So the, here's the picture from five years ago to the current one, right? Of that time, she was puffy, you know, like her whole face was puffy, you know? And I said, look, and she's like, I can't believe it. I said, yeah, you were retaining water. Wow. I mean, women retain water anyway. That's yeah. part of their cycle, right? But she was literally chronically retaining water, right? Mm -hmm. But once she did that, she, she, you, you just reduce all those toxins in your body. Um, and because what people don't know is that the reason you add weight, a lot of people think is just calories, mm -hmm. right? But what has happened to your body is that um, your body sometimes cannot remove the toxins in your body. So it builds a layer of fat to store the poison. Can you believe that? That's interesting. Wow. So. One of the first things that happens to people and all my friends who've listened to me, when they stop eating meat without changing anything else, they lose weight. Just that one thing. You just notice, you know, you're just dropping the pounds. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're, you're no longer building the inflammation. Mm -hmm. You're not building, you know, the, the toxin, the need for a place to store your toxins. You drink water and you, so now if you couple that with more greens, right? Um, actually, I was just telling my buddies this week, because, you know, Super Bowl's coming up. So we're discussing Tom Brady's diet. He's 43. You know, he's training like a madman. He's, you know, the most winningest quarterback, right? And he's, his diet is 80% vegetable. So at that high level of athleticism, he's eating 80% vegetable, wow. virtually no meat. He has his cheat days, but he, he eats mainly um, uh, wild caught fish, mm -hmm. plus multivitamins and all these things. So it's not just Michael Holm is saying that you need to eat more greens. Mm -hmm. It's the science, you know, it's the science. And we weren't designed to be eating meat every day, every meal, right? Mike, I'm gonna ask another question. Just what about, and I'm just gonna gear it towards women. What yes. about women going through the time of life? Yes. And you know, you have those, and not you, but women have those hot flashes. Yeah, I got, I got one right here. She's okay. flashing, you know, frequently oh. and often. Yes. And, and what do you suggest to help alleviate that if you're not trying to do the over-the-counter stuff? You know, that's something that we are still working with. Um, and when I say we, because we discuss, now we discuss diet, you know, a lot, you know. And she will tell me, um, I'm trying to remember, she went for a period of time, weeks and weeks, without... Um, any hot flashes at all, like none, right? And it turned out that, you know, she had um, sort of eliminated um, raw oil, meaning raw avocado oil, raw olive oil, right? She used to cook with canola oil, which is not supposed to be eaten by people, right? It's not a natural oil at all. So we kind of threw that out. That was the other fight because she'd buy it and I'd throw it out. But anyway, that's another story because um, I can be stubborn like that. Um, so she stopped eating raw oil. Um, she cut back on spices, 
Okay, there's certain spices and, and, and you know, I, I don't know exactly because she's the one who cooks, but she said, oh, I stopped eating this spice and that spice and that spice and the hot flashes just got real calm, you know, but in addition to eating well and exercising yeah. and things like that. So I can only, this is just anecdotal, right? Because obviously I haven't had any need to sort of investigate these things. Um, but I think that there is enough uh, information and, and knowledge out there that um, I'm sure that there are ways to manage it because she doesn't have hot flashes all the time. I mean, sometimes she'll be fine. And then sometimes it seems to be the time of day. I, I don't know. You know, it's got to the point where my mom used to have them. I was like, oh my God. Then she stopped and then my wife picked it up. And well, yeah. So from a, from a guy's perspective, you know, we lose our hair and we manage somehow and you all have hot flashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So nobody, nobody's away from, gets away from all that. Right. Peppermint oil helps with hot flashes. Say that again. Which peppermint oil? To to apply it. Yeah, you put it a little bit on the back of your neck. Well, there you go. Different types of um oils, natural oils. Well, Michael, this has just been, I mean, wealth of information. I feel like I'm gonna go through my cabinet and I'm so serious and look at the things and definitely with this. And I, I took notes. That's why I'm saying this. I took notes. Yes. Um, eating meat once a month. And I'm not really a big meat eater. Um, right. But to exercise more regularly. Yeah. And, and you don't have to kill yourself. You don't have to get a big old gym membership. Just walk, you know, walk. brisk. Yeah. And be faithful. Be faithful. Just go every day, you know? Yeah. I like that. This has been great. And especially how it affects relationships, Linda. I never even thought about that. But it's true. Because how you eat affects everybody around you. Yeah, and and so so we have an epidemic, right? Now you you know you're married women, and you know you know about this stuff, but I don't know who's going to be listening to this. But there's an epidemic of erectile dysfunction, right, um, in this country. Yeah, and part of what's happening is that the reason they're calling it an epidemic is because the the, the age at which this is happening to men is dropping, you know, late thirties, forties, you know, and, um, you know, um, I, I, so traditionally, you know, men were able to handle their business well into their seventies and eighties. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But the reason is very, it's very simple physiologically, right? If your capillaries and your arteries are clogged, right. Or inflamed due to diabetes or a bad diet or both, well, that's that part of your body needs proper blood flow, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, a lot of times, the doctors are starting to use that as the the old canary in the in the in the in the coal mine, and they're saying, well, you know, because the canaries used to let the miners know if there was poisonous gas, because the bird would die, and then they'd know to get to get out of there. So, if as a man you can't function properly in that area, that means your cardiovascular system is about to let you down. You're about to keel over, literally. Oh my Lord. And we know that, you know, yes, right now we're in the middle of a pandemic, people are dying. But if you look at the stats, approximately 600,000 people a year in the United States die from cardiovascular problems. Mm-hmm. And most of those cardiovascular problems are, ca- are caused by what we put in our mouths. Yeah. So it's, it can be, yeah. you know, completely controlled. So 
there's so many reasons to think about this and to be concerned. Yeah, this has been very enlightening, Linda and Michael. I'm just so excited about this topic. And I feel like we really need to talk even more and more and more because there's so much to cover in yeah. just a short time. And, yeah. you know, we're talking about life's lessons and this is a life's lesson. When yes. we're talking about eating right for our yes. health, eating for yes. life, basically, that's what it is because mm -hmm. it affects so many other people. So I truly appreciate you, Michael, for joining us today. And I want you to come back. Linda, would you say the same? I think you have to be maybe one of our standing guests, you know, if your schedule allows just to talk more about ways to better our lives and eating is one of them. Um, sure. I'll Linda, be happy to. Mm -hmm. Cool. Do you want to say your quote? Oh, well, sure. Absolutely. And, you know, because that's really what this is all about. It's about life's lessons. It's about laughter so we can live a little bit longer and love because the ultimate goal is to make relationships that last and hey if you like what you heard today please be sure to hit that like button subscribe to this channel so you can get more information from people just like Michael because I know there are so many people out there like me who need to hear this and if you were listening in and you were taking notes like me we're going to be well on our way to a healthier lifestyle thank you Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.